0: Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. I am thrilled to have with me in the studio my friend Libby Montgomery. Libby is married to Yancey and has been for approaching four decades, and they have twin adult daughters. Something I just learned about Libby is that she has a Master of Divinity degree, like myself. Yeah, I do, Libby. You can say that. We, you, you and I can say we've mastered the divine.
1: Oh, I th- I, I, <laughs> <laughs> we cannot say that. <laughs> I
0: think it's a hilarious title uh, for a degree. All these years, I've thought that, but anyhow. So, uh, Libby is part of a has been for several years part of a ministry called Sheep Shed Ministry. It's a mentoring ministry. Libby, tell us what that is.
1: Well, actually, what we do... And by the way, welcome to Sound of Truth. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Uh, Sheepshed Mentoring Ministry was birthed out of um, a delightful woman, Rose Boone, uh, my mentor and friend, uh, who started a ministry because she was mentoring myself and another woman and then felt God's call on her life to open a nonprofit ministry, Sheep Shed Mentoring Ministry, and she asked us to come on board as ministers to mentor with her. And we each work independently, and we have an office in Orange Park, Florida, for those listeners who are not in Florida, Orange Park. But I have an office, home office that I meet with brothers and sisters in Christ and make appointments with, as well as my office partners or or ministry partners that I'm with they but make their own appointments
0: it's a you say mentoring ministry and you think well okay then you're christians mentoring christians and in in, in a lot of ways I, I know some people think of you as a biblical counselor although you say you wouldn't describe yourself as that but you also i know this is not a word you would use but using the lingo of of people out there you would have clients per se or people who come to you for mentoring who are not necessarily christians maybe they're pre-christian maybe they're headed toward faith in christ Um,
1: actually not all the people i see are christians i meet with people all over the world actually ever since covid started it's really given me the opportunity to have referrals of friends family members throughout the world Mm -hmm. and uh, i have Individuals I meet with in Kazakhstan, Canada, Israel, and so it's it's wonderful to be a part of something global, Mm -hmm. I I guess. And wherever God is at work, that that's who He sends me. People happen to be in my life, and I know long ago He told me He would be bringing me the people He wanted me to meet with. Mm -hmm. And so there's never I don't want to meet with this person. I know when someone seeks me and finds me. They've been sent. And so I just show up and join him where he's at work. Mm -hmm. And so the majority of people I do meet with have been through referrals.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Someone has met with me, knows me, knows about me, and that's how I connect. And so I just say, yes, Lord, here I am. And how many years have you
0: been doing this type of ministry?
1: Uh, I started maybe around um, September 11th, 2001. Okay. Uh, it was significant because that was a game changer for everyone's lives. Right. So we have these uh, times in, before and then there was after. And as part of my testimony, um, what transpired coming into September 11th um, really changed the trajectory of my life. And that's uh, sort of what I was really struggling in. Uh, I, I guess we could back up and tell I'll the tell back what, before,
0: story. Before we do that. Um, let me just share with our listeners how I came to know you yeah, is love, through some, some ladies in our church actually, who had encountered your ministry and, and you had actually led not just one-on-one ministry, but you've done some, some ladies, Bible studies, et cetera. Yeah. And that's kind of how the connection of some ladies in our church sure. were connected through. And then there, when there's some referrals and, and I w- I thought you were a biblical counselor. And I think we even referred some people to you at that point in time thinking, okay, here's someone that we've heard good things about. And you've even blessed me a little bit with, with some time I spent with you, uh, post my mother's death, and you kind of helped me work through a little bit of the grief there, which I deeply appreciate. So so we have that personal connection, and I've referred people to you since then as well. Some connection there now with Rose. I've gotten to know Rose, and so I really appreciate this ministry. And what I'd love to do is kind of now get your backstory that led up to that. This is what you do now. Correct. But how did you get here? Tell us the story of, of Libby Montgomery and you know, we're so often on these, when I have guests in the studio, I start, so let's, let's go back to the beginning. What was your home life like? Were you raised right. in a Christian home or when did you come to faith in Christ? So go ahead and tell us your okay. story.
1: I was raised in the church and, mm-hmm. uh, the denomination that I was raised in, I heard every Sunday because we were, we were in church. Um, my family was in church, um, every Sunday.
0: Were you a Floridian?
1: Uh, no, uh, I grew up in South Georgia. Okay. And, um, And so I came to faith early, eight years old, at a revival. I know where I was, where I was sitting, uh, knew I was a sinner, knew I was in need of saving, knew Jesus is who he says he is, and asked Jesus as a child uh, at eight years old to come into my life. And I think like many uh, children, as I did, um, I thought I should be able to stop sinning. Mm Mm-hmm. And I tried really hard to be
0: baptized. I'm assuming soon after that. Very,
1: very soon after. In fact, my younger sister and I were baptized at the same time in our church and our uh, congregation before our congregation. And uh, I tried really hard to be a good girl. And every Sunday I felt like such a failure and uh, tried harder and harder not to be a bad girl and often heard, why are you so bad? Why are you so bad? And the, you know, the narrative we tell ourselves is the narrative we will become. And I think uh, after trying so hard and in Sunday after Sunday of rededication and trying hard to get it right, um, I felt like God had given up on me because I couldn't stop sinning. Mm-hmm. And so I walked away from my uh, my faith. Um, I don't know that I it was a... Uh, I woke up one day and say I'm done. I was just weary and tired of trying so hard,
0: trying to measure up,
1: trying hard. Um, How old
0: were you at this point that you would?
1: I would say that it wasn't. It was a a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I there wasn't an age that I walked away or stepped away because I was still in the church. Okay. Um, still going to church as a, a teenager. I was involved in church, but I was also involved in the world. And um, doing the things of the world and making choices and decisions as a, a young teenager, and then as I matured into college, making the, the choices and decisions that the world said were age appropriate. Both my parents, uh, although they too were raised in the church, uh, both struggled with alcohol addiction, mm-hmm. and uh, I started drinking very early. To I think I made those choices to fit in okay. um, because I wanted to be seen, liked, accepted, and I think that is our, our deepest need that only God can fill, but at the time, the the world was filling those needs, and I uh, got my first DUI in college, got my second DUI right out of college.
0: Now, where'd you go to college?
1: Uh, University of Georgia.
0: Okay, bulldog, huh?
1: Bulldog, yeah. and then carried that same drinking into my marriage, and after having Had two babies at home, I got a third DUI, Mm, mm -hmm. and it was in jail that night. I prayed, like anybody does, in jail. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) If you find mm -hmm. yourself in jail, God, get me out of here. Mm -hmm. And um,
0: were you still attending church at this point, or had you kind of just no no, joke? We were
1: no, we were still we were taking our children to church. Uh We were in church, Um, but I was I was you know had a foot in one canoe and. The other canoe, mm-hmm. still living in the world, still medicating as the self medicating.
0: Were you hiding this? Was this a secret no. closet thing? No, 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 yeah,
1: no, it was not a secret thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that night in jail, and when I prayed, uh, I was very clear. Um, I heard God. I heard Him say He would get me out of jail, mm. and He also said, uh, "Your life's about to change."
2: Wow.
1: The next morning, my husband sweet as he is, was furious, of course, as any husband would be to pick his wife up uh, from jail. And uh, he said, I know you're really, really mad at yourself right now. And he said, I am too. I'm really mad. He said, but our lives are about to change. Hmm. And this will change our lives. And it did. And what began uh, in that was time was... this in was him
0: the seed of the, the faith in Christ and believing that God was going to use this, or was this where you're about to reap consequences that will.
1: I don't think that was it. I think he was moved to compassion mm-hmm. for me. Um, in fact, my parents also um, were moved to compassion to say, you know, we love you and we want help for you. Mm-hmm. We want the best for you. And um, I knew they meant it. Mm-hmm. And I know, I knew this was not um, where I wanted to continue. At first, it was just, you know, go to the classes that you have to get, go, get through, uh, pay the fines, you have to pay, uh, hire the attorney, um, all the hoops you have to jump through, which are uh, significant, significant yeah. consequences. I, I did lose my job. I did lose my driver's license uh, and <clears throat> all of that. There were significant financial consequences. And, um, but all the while, I was uh, going to AA not for or against AA. I think it helps a lot of people. For me, I knew my higher higher power uh, was the Lord because I I clearly had a personal relationship with him at eight years old. And I clearly heard him uh, in jail when I prayed to him. When I sought him, when I called to him, he answered. I knew that he would be my deliverer to get me through. And so I made the decision to get
2: sober. I, Mm -hmm. I
1: made the decision, but I prayed saying, I need you to deliver me of this addiction mm-hmm. and he was faithful i I really didn't I didn't struggle, I didn't relapse I didn't fall back in to uh, what I fell back into, um, which I think a lot of your listeners' cause will understand this. I just got really busy where I picked up, where I left off as a young child, striving and performing. And I said, Well, I've wasted so much of my life, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna get real now. I'm gonna get really busy and I'm gonna be the best Christian I can be mm-hmm. now that I'm um, I'm no longer little. I'm just gonna be a good Christian now. And I really what I became was just an obnoxious church lady. <laughs> uh, I just <laughs> gotcha. got busy um, leading groups and uh, volunteering for everything, and I mm-hmm. was very self-righteous in my wrongness. <laughs> um, and, but yet I was really struggling with anger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I would now describe it as rage. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mm-hmm. understand. I didn't know how. To get rid of it, I would pray. I would have people pray with me.
0: How long did this take between you? You're, uh, just, now, you're now in freedom. You feel this. You know God's delivered you. You can yeah, your prayer. I know, and I'm you're very active in church, more. and I'm
1: reading the Bible. I'm involved in got ladies' this inner group.
0: inner rage going on that's starting yeah. to show up.
1: Well, it, it was always showing up. Okay. It, it was never, um, never it tamed. was just medicated. No, yeah. yeah. It was always there. Just medicated before. It was medicated. I was medicating mm-hmm. it, still coming out, displaced uh, on my family. And then when I wasn't medicating, it got even worse. You know, just the least little thing, a telemarketer here or somebody in traffic stopped at the red light and not moving forward. Um, you
0: just know, bubbling just, under the surface and, uh, and a short fuse would set it off.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I was really at the, at begging Begging God to do something, um, listening to well-meaning Job's friends—I call them, you know—and how to get rid of it and tie your anger on a balloon—and of course that didn't work. And mm. you know, let it go didn't work. And so I—I had—I uh, was on a retreat. Actually, you said you're from Illinois, and was in Illinois. I went on a women's retreat. And on that weekend, the woman that was speaking stopped talking in the middle of her talk and Mm. said, this has nothing to do with my talk, but there's someone in the room that needs to know what inner healing is. Mm -hmm. And she said, it's just what the Holy Spirit does. He brings light into darkness and truth into lies. And I had not heard that. Uh, We're going back a while. So Mm -hmm. 25 years ago. And I said, "Ah, (laughs) I knew it was for me. I knew it was me that because I heard in my head, it, this is it, it's you. That's why you're here, and she's she's talking to you. Mm-hmm. And so I was so desperate, I guess desperation to call to the Lord. If this is what you do, this is what the Holy Spirit does, and I just said, God, do it. Do it to me, mm-hmm. because if this will get rid of my my anger, my rage, my all this bubbling up and coming out and harming those that I love and care about and don't want to do, you know, as Paul says in Romans seven, yeah. I hate what I'm doing. Why do I do the things I hate? Why can't I do the things I want to do? Mm-hmm. Find something at work in me that what I will to do, I, I cannot do. And so that was me. Uh, I was there and, um, that night in my dream. And I know now that it was more than a dream. It was, uh, an encounter, mm-hmm. an experience with the Lord, um, I saw uh, the most beautiful light I had ever seen in my dream. I was looking at something I wasn't in it, and I felt like the presence of the Lord was with me and he said um was showing me what i was what I was looking at he was looking at and mm-hmm. he he said that is how I see you, but that's not how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. I woke up from the experience and I was still with the Lord, his presence. And he began to show me, much like a, 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 seer, a, a reel, played out in front of me of my life in front of me. And it was event after event in, in a fast-forward way of seeing my life in front of me.
2: Mm.
1: And it was places I had sinned, places others had sinned against me, choices and decisions I had made. And over and over and over again through the course, and I have no, no idea how long this took, um, he kept telling me, I've forgiven you. Mm. I have forgiven you. I have forgiven you. But you've just never forgiven yourself. And I said, well, that's too easy. <laughs> 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 that, that can't be why, why my entire life has been a train wreck. It can't be. And uh, that's too easy. I just need to forgive myself. And he said, I've forgiven you. You have to choose to forgive yourself. And it's just a choice. And I said, Okay. Well, then I choose. I choose to forgive myself.
0: You choose to let yourself off the hook.
1: I, ch- I chose to let myself off the hook. You're mm-hmm. exactly right. Mm-hmm. And my, my debt had been paid. And um, I can only say that what began for me was um, a transformation uh, of my mind um, I went from i felt of course the the rage was gone the mm. the, the self hatred is what the lord began to to show me and teach me through more inner healing and what I've come to know about inner healing so that you you know i'm I'm sure right. inner healing is is just progressive sanctification, sanctification yeah and it just—it was a slang term that I had not heard, and of course it's the transformation process, and that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in each and every one of us, and it's progressive over my life, over each and every one of, of those it's who are the, in Christ. It's the
0: sole work of the Holy Spirit in us, yeah. and, and I think it's important you're pointing that out, and I do want to just really amplify that, because Absolutely. sadly, among some Christians, when they hear that term, inner healing, the red flag goes up or the caution flag goes up. and So not, I don't don't go in, near anyone who talks about like anything about inner healing. That's new age talk. No, no, no. There, there are some things perhaps among unbelievers or new age movement where they will use some terms that we might use as well. Sure. There might be some crossover or whatever, but that we're not, we're not talking about the same thing at all. And I appreciate you pointing that out because there was some, there would be some who would say, Oh, my pastor says don't have anything to do with that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the deep work of the Holy spirit that you read about in the book of Psalms. Yeah. in the life of David life for so many people in, in God's word. But you see, it. I think David expresses it so much. If you read through the Psalms, then you know what Libby's talking about here.
1: <laughs> well, I think if we look at all of, all of the fathers of our faith, right, we all have something in common. We need him to do for us what mm-hmm. we are unable to do for ourselves. And that's transform our minds. Yes. Renew our minds that, um, we are no longer conformed to the patterns of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's right. And we're Paul.
0: <laughs> yes, that's good. <laughs> well, this would be a good point for us to say, hey, we're running out of time here, and this has been great to hear your story, Libby. I know that might not be your whole story, so what we can do is come back, if you're willing.
1: Absolutely. I would love that.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Libby. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amarani, 2023.